This episode of the ECWM podcast has been brought to you by Benelli, Dominate the Skies. Kent Cartridge Canada, high quality, high performance shotgun shells for waterfowl, turkey, upland, sporting clays, and more. Sitka, turning clothing into gear. Maritime dog training, because I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. (laughs) (laughs) Offering obedience training of all levels, service dog and retriever training in person or online. Big Al Decoys, high-quality silhouettes and accessories for waterfowl, turkey, and sandhill cranes. East Coast Calls, offering high-quality duck, goose, and turkey calls built right here in the Maritimes. Welcome, gentlemen, to the Waterfowl East Podcast. Welcome. How to do? We got Wesley here. Matthew. And Ben. And on the phone, we have got Mr. Mike Holland. Welcome, Mike. Good to be back, boys. Should we say the honorable? Oh yeah, the Mike honorable Holland? Mike Holland. While he's well, you. Oh, shit. you, you guys. <laughs> and my wife is. I'm just hiding. Yeah, don't forget, don't forget your wife, man. <laughs> you didn't speak, so. I... That's all right. I'm good. <laughs> well, and I was just gonna say, Wesley is required to refer to me as honorable. The rest of you guys, you can just call me Mike. Oh but... yeah, you're. Well, you asked for. It. You're gonna get honorable all day, the whole time. <laughs> so, your honor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so your honor, so your honor, to, to tell me that's not the first time you've uttered those words. Yeah, in here, yeah, <laughs> true story. Today, anyway. So, man, <laughs> obviously we got to have you on the podcast because the uh, the end of a major journey is coming near. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you it was, made a uh, large announcement. I did. I appreciate you guys inviting me on because, I mean, you guys have known me since before I was elected all the way through. And uh, to be able to come on and, and have a chat about uh, the exit from from the political arena is very much appreciated. Yeah, I, I did last Friday. A week ago, I announced that um, I wasn't going to I'm not going anywhere this moment, but I'm not seeking reelection mm. when we go to the polls in the fall. So, yeah. yeah, that was an announcement. And you know what? I, I, I never gave notice when i left the job before but this one seemed to take a little bit of attention everybody's everybody's sad about it mike oh man it was uh chris buckingham told me and my heart dropped when i heard that i'm like oh man well you made such a huge impact yeah you really did well i appreciate hearing that from you guys i mean you folks are uh, pioneers of our sport i mean you've been subject matter experts or people of credibility or people that we've consulted about our industry for a long time. So to have had a chance to participate and make things better and hear that coming from you folks, that really goes a long way. It means a lot. Definitely. Yeah. Well, again, Mike, just your, I was telling somebody today, just your accountability and the fact that people could actually reach out and talk to you was, was huge. I mean, nobody does that. No one has ever been in the public like that, open and just, here I, here I am. Here I am, open fire. Yeah. Yeah. Like, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh. well, you know, be careful what you wish for. It's been six years of a, of, a, of a tornado, but it was important to do that. And I'll tell you where that came from. I remember before I was elected, uh, talking to some people about, um, about how, how federations and fishing game clubs, how they talk to the minister. And I was told they don't. Right. And I said... Well, that's, that doesn't make sense. How, co- how can ministers of natural resources make decisions about our industry without 
talking to the to the stakeholder groups and then mm. just shrugged shoulders and said they don't. And so when when I got elected, I said, no, 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 I, I'm not going to wait. Actually, the first week I was on the phone with all the federations, many of the fish and game clubs and said, you know what? You haven't had access to the to the minister and or staff to the degree you should. So we 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 just threw the door open. Uh, that first year, I had 400 meetings that first year alone wow. with different groups. And, and, and so the good news is six years later, that's the, that's the trend. That's normal now. So yeah. these groups know that they can have access to the minister. They know they can have access to staff. And, and, and you know, instead of once a year talking about resolutions or whatever, uh, our boardroom is, is every month for sure talking about changes right mm. so uh, i mean that that that's a that was a good shift definitely 100 percent, man it, it's just i've seen on on facebook some of the worst beatdowns and stuff and i think a lot i mean obviously not everybody's loves you like we certainly do and agrees agrees with you but i'll tell you what they might find out whoever's elected next that they they've lost a real good thing <laughs> well you know they, they, we we come and go and, and when i was being interviewed i said listen we've had parliaments and legislatures for 250 years there isn't one person that can say i was there at the beginning and i'll be there at the end yeah. and so it's important that we have to look at it like a relay race and 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 you walk in and you walk out question is what'd you do while you were there yeah. And, and so that was the big, the big thing that, that I wanted to make sure that we, we put, we, we put some emphasis on. Um, and you know, we talk about, we talk about social media and I mean, there were some days where I just would have to shake my head, put down the phone and, <laughs> you know, go for, walk go for a away, walk in the woods. Walk away. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's important for people to be able to have, uh, an ability to get something off their mind. I always said, if somebody's talking to you, whether they're right, wrong, or indifferent, you got a chance to do something or to tell a story. When people go quiet on you, then you're done. They just don't care anymore. So yeah. that's the, I, I always had to take the attitude of, you know, this, this, this fella's got an interesting opinion. I don't necessarily think it makes sense or I agree with him, but it's good that people can, can share. The key is now going forward, I could take it. I don't care. Yeah. Didn't matter to me what you said. You know, po politicians suffer from the affliction of needing to be liked, and and I I didn't. But in the future, you might. So uh, one of the things that I want our outdoor community to do is is, and I've said this for for years and years and years and years. It, people are watching us on social media, so how how we act is important. And you can be mad, and you can fire a shot if you want. But we have to talk about being unified. We have to talk about being positive, and we have to talk about the fact that we're a legitimate segment of society. And and so when you get when you get the the one-offs and stuff like that, that's all right. But but as leaders in the outdoor community, and I plan to still be one going forward, we have to make sure that the narrative on these social media channels is uh, is one where you're not continually, constantly cutting cutting each other yeah that's right cutting cutting elected officials because like i said people watch that and one of the things i had to overcome was was people saying well why should we make changes these guys can't get along with each other why would we want to do anything good for yeah. them because people are watching so I, I you know me i push through but you know if if there's a 
a more gentle soul that takes the chair, um, they could easily get intimidated into no action, and that's not what we want. Yeah, that's that's a, it's really it's a scary thought is to have someone. I don't know who is going to run or who's going to take your place, but it's a scary thought of who who might jump in there and if they're going to be well, like you. They got big shoes to fill as far as hunters and outdoorsmen go. Like, man. Well, and I I I I make this claim publicly and have before whoever takes that job you know they've got my full support i don't care what party i don't care what party they're with i don't care what background they have and and the first day i walked into my job i wrote a letter to the next minister saying that and and so whoever that person is will have will have our support now they'll have to earn it and they'll have to step up but at the end of the day they earn the support from the community but they have mine off the hop and my goal would be you know what if we're sitting here five six ten years from now saying this person was the best ever i would love hearing that because it means the work continued and that's what's yeah. most important definitely man and, it's, and like you said it's about unity i mean that facebook group nb hunters is a prime example we're all outdoorsmen we might not all agree on everything together but they all fight it's the inner fighting is just insane it's like united we stand divided we fall and we're falling yeah, we're gonna and, fall if we and there's stand. a lot of people on there you know i mean yeah that, that is quite a platform as far as trying to reach hunters it is in, in new brunswick and, and, and i mean that, that's just the way that's just human nature that we're not all gonna get along yep. on every issue but you're absolutely right like i heard this on a podcast yesterday the thing that hurts outdoorsmen the most is the infighting throwing yeah daggers. outdoorsmen themselves not being yeah. able to be happy for somebody else's success yeah. Throw, throwing yeah. daggers at the way that you know that's a maritime tradition uh, yeah yeah <laughs> but but i mean right when you first get in there mike i mean people had to know that things were going to change i mean when you open that hunt oh, fish trap book i talked about <laughs> this last time we talked i mean there's everybody in their suit standing there nobody <laughs> yeah. knows them and there's Mike with his, his <laughs> yeah. Facebook profile picture on there, his camo yeah. on and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, hell yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah. yeah. No, I kept every one of those fish and trap books over the years. And, uh, and, and what I loved about it was uh, you knew you knew damn well when you opened her up, go right to the what's new for this year. Yeah. And, and, th- and that was like a line or two for years. And, yeah. and sometimes it took up a whole, whole section. So we, we got some stuff done for sure. Well, for sure. and that we, and we needed to as well. Cause I mean, you, yes, you, sit, and, you sit and you watch, uh, I mean, our whole lives we've watched outdoor TV and you see the things, the programs that some of these States have and even other provinces have. And it's like, man, wouldn't it be nice if our kids could start hunting a little younger, you know, yeah. wouldn't it be nice if we could do this or we could do that. And just, there was no talk about that. You might talk about it. Like you said, maybe once a year and yeah. that would be it, you know? Yeah. No, no, we did. We, like I said, I mean, when you look back and, and I've been doing a lot of looking back over, over the last week or so. And, you know, when you think about lowering, lowering the age for big game, even simple, stupid things like, uh, changing the rules on Hunter Orange, yep. um, caliber restrictions, expanding the Sunday hunting, you know, the, a lot of things uh, that, that were just stuff we leaned over tailgate and talked about for years. 100%. Um, and, and that's the best, that's the, the, that's the grassroots, you know, wh- what about this and what about that? Now, there's a few things that we look, uh, uh, you know, 
what about this? And it just, this doesn't fit or doesn't work. But yeah. what I always, what I always wanted was, is if we weren't going to do something, we didn't just send back the wildlife federation, a note that said, no, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we went back and said, you know, at this time, because of this, help me get over this and we can talk. But right now here's, here's the issue. And so that relationship got built pretty good. So they knew that uh, we were either going to get something changed or if it wasn't, there was a legitimate reason why there was a concern over the resource or safety or something. And I always said, I can't do this because of help me get over that and we can play ball. Mm -hmm. And so people felt like, you know, they weren't just getting a a dear John letter and pulled a head off into the sunset. So, so no, that, that was important to communicate with, with the people. And so we did that on Facebook and, and, and you know, the amount of people that come up to me that are on Facebook uh, hunting pages and, and say, you know what? I agree with you. I don't dare, I don't dare say anything for fear of getting ripped apart, but I want, I want, you know, so I have hope that there is a ton of people on there that are actually, you know, taking in that. That's why it was so important despite the, the foolishness sometimes to get on Facebook and to share it because there's people that aren't commenting but are appreciative of what's being done. Yeah. And you just, you just got to put up with the frequent flyers and, and majority. Yeah. 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 And, I, and, and my assistant one time I was having a particularly frustrating period with social media and he went on and, 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 and came back and said, you know, there's about 14 people that make the comments. Oh yeah. That, yeah. that drive you crazy. And that made me think, well, then there's 14,000 that, that need to hear what we're talking about. So that's why I kept doing it. Yeah. Because I think there's over thirty thousand people. In thirty, group. yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah it's, a big, it's, it's, it's a big group. It's it's actually it's quite a platform. It to, is. Be, to be honest, yeah. I mean, it, there's lots of people that wouldn't comment, but see those things, and exactly like you said, would see in public and be like, "Hey, I read that thread." At, you know, they're the ones that's yeah. in there liking your comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Don't no. wanna, they don't want to say anything, but they'll like your comment. Like, yeah. So that yeah. tells me that tells me it's it's a valid platform, like you said, Matt, and 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 I'm going to encourage future ministers to make sure they have a presence there for sure. Oh, we've definitely uh, and, got their backs. As and I got the, and I, exactly. So I, like, for example, if uh, the next minister of natural resources or any minister of natural resources is from a pol- political party that I don't share the ideals with, but they're on there trying to do something right. I'm behind them hundred percent. Oh yeah, definitely. hundred percent. And I'll tell you, you, you know, former premier of New Brunswick, Sean Graham, liberal premier, and I'm a conservative. Every time I did something that was expanding the 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 the, the natural resources side, he was one of my strongest supporters. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I you know don't forget that what we do is so important that it has to transcend politics. It can't be about political parties. And 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 I've worked pretty hard with the with with the current opposition members to say, hey, the stuff we did needed to be done. And and there's going to come a time where the government's going to switch. Yep. You know, and I hope that's not near future, but or in the next election. But when it does, it's important to lay the groundwork to other parties that, you know, don't just change something because the other guys did it. If it's good, keep it and protect it. Yeah, I just want to I'm I don't care what color they fly. I just want to see the betterment of outdoorsmen and in, in the province, you know. And Amen. Yeah, like yes. I couldn't agree more. We all goal. We, we all want. We all want more opportunity. Everybody at this table wants more opportunity. But really, who I want more opportunity for 
is my kids yeah and their kids oh, yeah. and we we want a, a sustainable resource here forever and and we want opportunities to to earn from people seeing new brunswick as a destination mm. again like it yes. was in men of the autumn woods you know people came yes, here yes, yes, all yes, the yeah. time you know my grandfather was part of that you know like it, it, it can be that again Definitely. but we just cannot sit here and say we're just not going to push that anymore you know it, there's a there's a sustainable resource there for people and they want to come here guaranteed especially with the turkeys yeah, you know they do you go down to the south and talk to those guys a turkey is a turkey but if they haven't shot one in new brunswick they're gonna the hey yeah they'll crawl well, over the next guy to get here you know and you heard that we've uh, we've expanded this year again to include non-resident tags yeah, yeah that's great yeah so, it's just uh, more opportunity you know so oh, yeah. new brunswick new brunswick now can offer a spring black bear a spring turkey uh musky fishing um even stripe proficient if you want to do a little traveling yeah um we have a unique menu in the spring for hunters and anglers that no other jurisdiction has in north america yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah exactly like yeah. i've been saying That's... i've been preaching that for a long while the opportunity oh, yeah. here is just like you can hunt and fish like 365 days a year yeah there's something on the list that you can go after and good opportunities here. And people and, that come here that haven't been here, like, again, Sean Stahl, when he was up a couple of years yeah. ago, like, he, he was like, I cannot, I've hunted geese everywhere. And he's like, I've never oh, hunted a place like this. Yeah. 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 Well, and then you guys are out there doing the promotion. Yeah. And bringing people to New Brunswick and sharing on your podcast and using your social media channels. And and every year into the future where the work we did to protect lands and wetlands and expand mm -hmm. conservation, it's only going to make it better. Mm -hmm. It's exactly. only going to make it better. Okay. And I mean, one of the things that we, we did was we released our new forest management strategy in August. And, and, and it's a long document, so not many people read it. But we, we made that first step to, to, to do the doubling of the protected lands. That was a huge lift. And somebody told me the other day that it's the amount of 2 million football fields. So this being oh. Super Bowl Sunday, we're, we're taping this. So uh, a pretty, pretty appropriate day for it. 2 million football fields of preserved area in New Brunswick. That's awesome. And, you know, and, and, and then so, so that was a huge lift and it was, it was phenomenal. But what's next? Well, with the forest management strategy that just went out, and I, I, I should send you guys a link to it. Um, I've been going around to fishing game clubs talking, and not many people have had a chance to read it, but we made a couple of changes there that are going to be absolutely staggering. Now, to give you an example, uh, going forward after this year's cutting season for the forestry industry, they're never going to be able to cut. Um, mixed piece of woods and replant it into single species. Oh wow! Yes, that's, sir. That's like, amazing. That's huge. Like exactly like that. When 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 people talk about the expansion of biodiversity and ecological sustainability, making sure that mixed forest returns to mixed forest mm. is 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 staggering. Oh. And then add to that 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 large trees forty centimeters or larger have to remain on that. You can't you, you can't remove them. Good. from yes, from wow. that cut holy cow that's that's, awesome. that's big so so we we protected uh, about 120,000 hectares of old growth and deer wintering yards in that last round mm. um that were chosen by the deer instead of you know instead of some goof like me the you know the, the areas where deer are wintering and uh, old growth 
Um, and so add to this, you, if you cut an area and you leave those trees on it, that's tomorrow's old growth you're protecting today. Right. Yeah, man, that's going to be like in 50 years, all yes, this sir. plan, right, yes, this plan right here is you're really going to see the, the fruits of this plan. Well, from an ecological standpoint, I mean, th- this is something you really hear about from BC and the squeaky wheels out there. But w- with regards to New Brunswick, because we're so small and we have the opportunity to be able to have those interpersonal relationships, like you say, in Facebook, and we have the opportunity legislatively to be able to talk to each other and really have this open conversation, we can make those decisions. And that is a huge mm-hmm. step forward with regards to preserving our natural ecology here. Yeah. You're right. You're right. No, it absolutely is. I mean, it's going to take it's going to take the crown land footprint and turn it into an eighty twenty model, yeah. where eighty percent of it is 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 wildlife uh, paradise, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and 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 we're still going to be able to feed the machine. Yeah. Well, that's and, it. That's keep, it. You talked about that last time. I yeah. Mean, Post war, I mean, from then until now, that what's the change? You know what I mean? Because then yeah. you could shoot two deer. And it yes. was no problem to shoot two deer because they were everywhere. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And and, yeah. and and now, you know, what's what's the change, right? So we need to. Well, if, if we do stuff like that, Matt, like we're talking about, uh, I see I see whitetail outfitting having having an opportunity to return in in twenty, thirty, forty years. Exactly. You know. Yep. I'm not going to benefit from it. Right. But I got a three year old grandson that's that I'm pretty pumped about, you know, yeah. he's going to have a chance to, to do that. Kids that aren't even born yet are yeah. going to benefit from this. Well, that's, that's what, that's what we need to do as conservationists, right? I mean, good men plant trees that they'll never see the shade from, right? Stand yeah. under the shade of, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what we're doing? I'm going to plant an oak tree on the property at, at my office and I'm going to put that plaque up under it. And commemorate that work so that so that that's gonna that's gonna live beyond that that theme has to live beyond yeah. oh, and absolutely. and 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 that strategy uh um is is going to include um include a plan that has an overall increase in mixed wood and hardwood and 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 i like that now we're still going to cut trees boys yeah like, oh, yeah. That, you gotta that, cut trees. you gotta you can't destroy the economy of the province yeah but that's what and a so, lot of people can't seem to understand you can't no, just no. shut it down and and you know no. like, it's ridiculous people gotta live and, <laughs> they and and so when you know are, are you still going to see areas uh that get cut yes but 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 people see what we've done is we've entrenched in our brain that if we see an area that's cut we automatically assume that it's going to get leveled, planted, and and treated with herbicide, and that's all it's going to be. Yeah. No, not the case. Not the case at all. 80% of everything that we cut in the province of New Brunswick will not have any form of a treatment or 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 it won't be it won't be turned into a won't be turned into a farm. So I mean that's 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 important. So you know, people need to we need to kind of change that paradigm that if you, if you drive by a cut, look in that cut. Do you see if it was a mixed cut, that's what's going to come back. Look for the trees that are still standing in it, you know, like anyway. So, uh, the, that, that strategy, what having that wrapped up in August was, was actually a pretty big factor in me saying, okay, my inbox is never going to be empty, but you know, what what have we accomplished? And I went through everything that 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 I wanted to do, and you know we got a few little things to do here, but we did we did the major amount of my heavy lifting. So that's when I said, you know, 
I think we can stand on the job we did. And that's when that's that's what led to my decision to say time to pass torch. So, so, leave on so a that high was point. the moment when you decided yep. that you're was back in August when that got put through. Is that's when you said, Okay, my work here is done. <laughs> yeah. Well the, for, for you know, this chapter. For this chapter, yeah, yeah, because that's the other thing. I ain't going away. No. Um, for years before being elected, uh, uh, I, I wanted to see changes, and that's what led me to get elected. So I'm not all of a sudden suddenly going to forget all the work I did when I wasn't a politician. Yeah. Now I'm equipped with some pretty significant knowledge about the way the place works inside <laughs> government. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. You've, so also, you've also got some free training. So what's, yes. So all that yes. being said, what are your plans moving forward? You got anything you can share with us, or is it top secret, yeah. or what's what's your plan? No, here? no, no. I'm usually not much for secrets, but uh, it, it, it was very important for me when I left this job to not have another job waiting for me because that would just feed the frenzy that oh yeah well he just used this job to get his next job right mm -hmm. so uh, i absolutely i do not have uh, a set position that was waiting for that for me when i made that decision um but that being the case i mean i've jumped out of a lot of airplanes and built a parachute on the way down so i'm not too worried <laughs> um that's a, that's a good saying <laughs> we'll try this <laughs> i think well, this will work Head i joke I joke a lot that this was kind of really the first job I ever had. I've always worked for myself before and in one way, shape or form. So my expectation will be have a chance to get back. I'll tell you one of the things that, that, that kind of roasted me over the last six years is that I, I had my company resourceful redneck and, and we were doing, we were doing good. You know, mm -hmm. we were getting launched off. We were moving and, and I had, I still have a, a huge folder full of inventions that, that, that are, that are in my head. And over the last six years, I saw two of them go to market. Really? Jeez. And that just killed me. Ooh. It just killed me. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, that folder's still around, and I don't think that day is done. A lot of the work's right. been done to, to lay the groundwork for that. So, I mean, I still have a bunch of foolish inventions that I'd like to see come to market. And, and, and I'm a self-employed guy, so I expect to do that. I'd like to do, I'd like to do some work also with communications and 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 media work because that's uh, uh i see media as a way that can make you or break you whether if you're trying to get a message out whether that be media for organizations uh whether the outdoor field or or other areas but um you know media has changed a lot you know used used to be you know, you'd, you'd make your money by selling advertising. Now it's done by selling clicks yep. and, and it's a different world out there. Um, and if, and if you're trying to get a message out there and you don't use the right language, you're going to become the victim of a headline. Ben is and, nodding his head in agreement with everything you've just said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's been fascinating for me. And, and, you know, I think that, one of the things I had to learn real quick was how to handle a microphone, and 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 I don't say this with any level of disrespect, but you know reporters would love to get you so that you mm, you know that's they, their they job. Can, that's that's their, their job. Point. Yeah, yeah. And politicians haven't known well, you know left hand from the right hand in years gone by. I'm not saying that 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 the poor politicians. A lot of us walk around with no clue, worried mostly about what we're going to have for lunch, not what we're doing. And, 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 and media, you know, if you don't know your stuff, 
then then they're gonna they're gonna give you an awful run, and you and you deserve to have a rough run. But for people that that are sincere and 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 want to do good things, um, some media training go a long way to help them make sure that the focus is on their message. You know, not not necessarily on a headline and how to ensure that your message gets through uh, in all the noise of of microphones and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, that's that's been fascinating for me. And, and we'll see where it goes. I mean, uh, the, the, I had the privilege to not only work on the uh, uh, DNR side, but I mean, I've traveled the world on the energy side and there's some fascinating things happening in the world as it relates to how we're going to power our future. So, you know, the, there's, uh, there's some exciting stuff there. And, and the most important thing is that I have the flexibility to do it where I can, you know, spend as much time as I can with Allison who, who, who doesn't live like we don't live together. She lives in Nova Scotia. I live in New Brunswick. Yeah. And it's pretty hard to be the minister of natural resources for New Brunswick and, and live and work down here. So, yeah, definitely. you know, we'll see. So, um, we'll see is the best way I, I got, I got a few ideas about what I want to do, but one of the things I'm going to do uh, diligently is make sure that the work that we've accomplished continues. Oh. And, and you know, I want to come alongside, uh, our fishing game, uh, organizations, our trapping organizations, uh, outfitting and guides. There's some explosively powerful things happening on the outfitting and guide sector. Um, Definitely. anything, mm. anything I can do to, to use what little knowledge I had to, to keep the wheels moving on that hundred percent. So well, from I'll be, I'll be busy. I, I wonder how old I look though. Cause uh, when I made that announcement, everybody said happy retirement. I was yeah. like, well, that's a, I, I go, I knew you weren't that old. You're not a whole lot older than me, but I mean, <laughs> so you still got a lot of life left in you yet. And that's what I was wondering. Like, are you just going to, Oh, you never know where you're going to keep the hammer down with something else or just. I'll uh, tell you what, if, if, if the election's called in the fall, um, there will not be anything prevent an obstacle for me going out and enjoying some time in the field this fall. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Don't, don't, if the election's called in September, try to get a hold of me somewhere around December. Cause I'm going to take, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a little stretch there and actually enjoy a hunting season because oh, yeah. this job's really prevented that. So yeah, uh, yeah that's the, anyway. that's the tough part about it, right? There, there's a, there's an amount of sacrifice there to be involved in a job like that, that I, that I don't think the general public would always sort of appreciate mm. in the sense that you know like you actually love to hunt and fish well yeah yes. outdoorsman first so so to to take that passion and say okay somebody's got to kind of be the lamb here that's gonna yeah. have to take up a lot of their time and i think anytime you put yourself in that sort of position it it, it takes some of those liberties away if you're having 400 meetings a year that's not always from a duck blind you know no it's not no it's not so see, i always took heart in the fact that i'll i'll put hammer down to make all these changes and then those changes will be there so that i can enjoy them when i'm done long that's what term, i said long-term gain yeah yeah delayed gratification but no that's the fall the fall is going to be a time of a little bit of relaxation and then uh Bring on 2025. We'll see what goes on. That's yeah. good. I like that you're kind of keeping it open. Yep. You don't know Absolutely. for sure what you're going to do, but you're definitely going to do something. Well, you need to spend some time in Woodstock, that's for sure. Yeah. We'd love to have you. I know that you're busy, but it's always an open invite. You know? it, we it have camps. Be, yeah, we have, I know. We have beds. 
<laughs> and if my, if my catch and release shooting doesn't impress you, my cooking certainly will. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good deal. <laughs> yeah. So some camp time this fall, that's, that's in order for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. You'll have to show yeah. me if you want to come up this, this spring bear season too. you. Yeah, well, I, I do. I want to get up there and, and see that because, you know, um, I'm going to try to get around um, to to a lot of the outfits because uh, we just touched on it briefly, but we've just seen an absolute explosion in opportunity for the outfitting and guiding sector. Um, and 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 I'm I'm very committed to making sure that that goes from 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 where it's at to really entrenching us like i've seen some i've seen some stuff happen there where you know there's there's people from new mexico new jersey new zealand that are going to hear about new brunswick now because that sector that sector is becoming so outwardly focused that you know instead of saying you know what's in it for me as a guide what's in it for me as an outfitter and and hammering stuff back and forth with government that that that's all important and needs to continue, but having an emphasis on a market ready strategy to go forward and show the world what we have, uh, it, you know, we went out and made all those changes. It's going to make things even better. Right. And now exactly. come to New Brunswick cause it will blow you away. Uh, and, and, and that's, you know, that's very exciting. Very it, exciting. It needed the, all of that stuff needed to happen, right. To, to open the door to be like, man, these guys got a lot of stuff going on. We have the new, uh, Is, did outfitter. we even talk? Did we mention that in the last podcast? The new, so no. they're in New Brunswick. Yeah, there's in the podcast last two weeks ago. I don't think we mentioned about it. the guide and outfitter. Yeah, did we mention that? I don't know if we talked about that or not, but well, but that needed to happen, right? In the way that it's kind yeah. of spouted off, like let's talk about it. We're all involved, right? Like I'm involved on yeah. the waterfowl side now on that committee, and yeah, I'm on the up upland committee. Yeah. So that's that's well, like, great to have those subcommittee for it, I guess. Subcommittee right. Have yes. those subcommittees and have those specialties because I mean yeah. again, like I say, uh, the, the, I feel like the last time there was a real big push and everybody was banded together like this was probably from those books men men of the autumn yeah. woods they they took yeah. it serious. <laughs> well, they did. They took yeah. they went to the shows. They they took it serious and there was a lot of people coming here. What I like about it is I like the friggin' unity, man. Like as in, I've been a guide and outfitter for a long, or a guide for a long while, and just within the last three years became an outfitter. And man, like just the unity within this group and all yes. the outfitters wanting to yep. work together yep. for the betterment of everybody, not just holy crap, I'm going to do this to, to get myself, but you know what I mean? Right. Like, well, everybody wants to work uh, together, and I hear absolutely. And 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 when I'm when I'm in the midst of hearing, I, I hear we us together yeah. not i me my yeah. and 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 that right there is what knits an organization together because you're going to have challenges in your outfit and i'll have good times in mine and if we're all linked together then that means it's a team that'll come together and and help us all through instead of worrying about stepping over the other guy to make sure that i get taken care of yeah. and and everybody's worried about their own business of course Having an organization like an umbrella that's 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 focused on all of us, government because um, and, and that's a key component. Like the Department of Tourism, my department, I mean, we were there, and and at that trade show that they had, 
One thing I noticed that not many people would notice is the amount of, of assistance from the government from many different departments that were walking around in there. Yeah, the right. eyes the size of my plate, right? So, so the message that that sends is that you know we're 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 and and ready to go and and I see I see the work. It's every cut is about how can we take somebody who is not from New Brunswick and introduce them to what we have here, and that's going to amount to increased sales. And, and and this is what I've been beating for six years is because I sit around tables with suits and ties that don't understand yeah, us. Right. Man. And, and, and me, they understand the language of money. That's so right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Russ. For me to go in there, like I said, as an outfitter and a young new outfitter to walk in there and then to have guys like Clay Harrison and all that come up and just like, man, like you're doing good. Anything you need, like you speak up and let us know, like, and just knowing yeah. that people got your back and and we're all going to work together for everybody to finally get New Brunswick and hunting and outfitting and guiding to where it should be. Here. Well, we don't want to be, it needs to be unified, right? And oh, any, man. and any time that there's, you know, there's revenue involved, like definitely some people can go the other way. But if yeah. everybody's like, look, we have a resource here. Everybody, everybody can do well if we yeah. stick together. It's proven that if you yeah. stick together in, in any sort of group like that, that you'll do well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and New Brunswick, New Brunswick in this part of Canada, anytime you see outdoor shows and stuff, we're just kind of like the... What's what's east of what's east of Ontario? Anything? Yeah. The ocean? <laughs> or yeah, Newfoundland. Newfoundland, yeah, a bunch of Newfies over there. I mean, but we have such a huge, unique opportunity. I mean, look, Blood Origins the other day put it. Blood Origins Canada put out a thing there, like the bear density map. Yeah, no, yeah, no place. Was yeah, highest. yeah, no place was denser than New Brunswick. But New we, Brunswick we, was highest. We knew yeah. that, and guaranteed, other people are looking at that, going, "Holy shit, where's New Brunswick?" exactly what's that what's that all about you know i mean people 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 know but but we have something pretty darn special here yeah you know well and we have an organization that's committed to going to venues throughout north america and saying yeah here's where we are yeah right and here's what we do and and that's gonna that's gonna translate into a benefit to the sector so yeah Yeah, that was that was really needed like i'm super excited as a a guide service not an outfitter but a guide but a guide service that you know that works with an outfitter oh yeah exactly you're bringing tons of business in for even yeah and they were they were smart they were smart too because they brought in uh, a recognizable name like uh candidate ruff they brought in keith and keith stood there and said you've got uh, more amazing opportunities here in New Brunswick than just about anywhere I've ever seen. I mean, it's one thing for me to say it. Everybody kicks me and says, oh, no, you're not. You're just blowing your own horn or whatever. But to bring in those third parties out from outside the province to endorse yeah. what we have, yeah. uh, it's, you know, don't believe me if you don't want, but here's somebody else that's saying it, and, that, and then it carries more weight. So, Well, again, you look at a guy like, Sean Stahl, like Sean Stahl has been in the waterfowl industry. He's one of the biggest names in waterfowl. One of the biggest names in the waterfowl industry, literally hunted all over North America. If you could shoot a Canada goose somewhere, he's been there to do it. And when he (laughs) came here, he was like, holy shit, like this place is friggin' unique. Like I've never hunted any place like this. This, You guys really got something here. This is awesome. Mountain geese. (laughs) Mountain geese. And still talks about it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, well, the future's looking good now. Going forward, we gotta we gotta talk about the fact that and, and 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 folks have said you know 
great, Mike, did a good job. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Um, but what we have to do as a sector, outfitting and guiding sector, fish and wildlife sector, trapping sector, podcasts like this, the work that you guys do to promote the problem, we have to make sure that we continue uh, to put um, uh, pressure is probably not the right adjective to use, but we have to continue to make sure that, that, that our provincial government knows that we want to take what's been done and build on it. Yeah. We have to make sure that that, that message doesn't, because if, if, if I came in, did some stuff and then left, and then the momentum went away, that's no good. No, we can't never, do that. No. We can't do that. Well, now that we've got the association, we can keep the hammer down on whoever gets elected and be in their, be on their side and try to encourage them and still work for the greater good of New Brunswick outdoorsmen. Oh, and the, the oh, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, we're losing. You're breaking we, up a little bit there, Mike. Yeah, turn your ear I to the window a little bit more. <laughs> How's that? I I didn't move. No, there, you're good. You're good now. Okay, so we talked a little bit about tourism and the evolution in the Department of Tourism that's been very positive. But one of the things that I worked on, and, and, and you know, you never saw this in a press release, but the staff at the Department of Natural Resources are on fire right now. Mm. They've never been so excited because, quite frankly, you do, you make 300, we made 300 changes in the last five years. They, they're on fire. They're excited. Yeah. They're, they're, they're coming into work saying, what's next? What's next? Yeah. So there's been a cultural shift in the Department of Natural Resources. And, and, and so, and we position staff to be in key positions so that, that they've embraced that possibility of change and possibility of opportunity to the degree that I will leave, but the next minister that comes in, that's what they're going to walk into that culture of we're happening here. Let's keep this going. So, so the relationships within, within staff, uh, and, and we're going to need to make sure that, that as as leaders in the outdoor community, we are organizations that have opportunities to get into government. We're going to have to continue with podcasts like yours to reach out and tell people that that we're we're, we're on the move and we're oh, not yeah. stopping. And I think we need we want to have some of these people that are making moves come on the podcast and just tell us what's going on and get it out yeah. there, get the word out there to people so they can hear yeah, that. Uh, like, Absolutely. Guys like you should be reaching out to when, uh, whenever the dust settles after the next election, whoever, whoever the Minister of Natural Resources is, whoever the Minister of Tourism is, reach out to them and say, we want to give you a platform to talk about what you think is possible going forward, stuff like that. You folks, you folks have incredible influence and impact. And, and, and I mean, we're buddies, so you call me and say you want to come on the podcast? 100%. I mean, yeah. but but we need to continue that work to make sure future elected officials uh, have an opportunity to see that yeah. you don't bite and, and you're here to help them. Exactly. And yeah, that's, give that's them the a key, platform, man, is yeah. whoever does get elected next is like, we're on your side, man. Let's, let's work together to make this great and continue to grow and become better. What would your advice be, Mike, to the next minister that comes through? Any advice for them? Well, like I told you, the, the first day I was there, I wrote a letter to the next minister that's coming. And it was pretty simple advice. Uh, I wrote in there, it, it, one section of the letter, it says, if you approach everything from a chance to expand and grow, you don't maintain anything. You're either, you're either building or you're losing. You don't maintain. 
So you have to continually work with your staff to find out what is the sector, what is the industry, what are the stakeholders they need. And, and run up the lens of, of what if we did it. Why not? And if you get to the other side where you can figure out a path to do it, then go for it. You want to be a minister that is moving forward, not a minister that signs documents in a book that were prepared for them. Be a leader. Yeah. Grab it by the horns. If you don't, if you don't know it, find the experts that are there. But leave your mark on this ministry as somebody that continued to build upon a significant amount of work that was done. Yeah. Bottom line: work with good people, make decisions, and be confident when you present it, and stand behind yeah. your decisions and. They'll do well. Yeah. yeah. And I'm all excited about it. I'm excited about the future. You're, you're breaking up again. <laughs> oh. Let me just turn a little bit there. Just Come here. It cuts in and out every once in a while. Okay. Oh, you're clear as Got a bell. You're clear as a bell now. <laughs> I'm, sta- I'm, sta- I'm standing in the middle of my living room. <laughs> so, so there you go. And, and for a guy that has attention issues like me, that's that's pretty significant. To get, oh. You guys got me to stand still for longer than anybody else, so yeah, I can't even go. get a, I can't even get a haircut. So do we I do we win something for that, or what's the deal with there? I mean, that's that's well, worth something. You wait until you see what I roll out for you to eat in the camp. Uh, I'm telling go. you, well, that, that'll be can't worth wait. it then, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, can't wait. You just yes. say what you need there, and we'll have her ready. <laughs> Well, I usually wind up, I got about 400 pounds of some sort of meat at any given time, so I'll, I'll have a, don't ask what it is, just eat it early. Well, that's one thing I am definitely good at. Mm. I can yeah. throw down the food. I made, uh, I made a con sandwiches there not too long ago and got people to eat them before I told them what it was. And then after they ate it and said it was wonderful, they had a hard time feeling like they wanted to be sick afterwards. But hey, you know, you do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's good. So I think there's going to be good days ahead. Um, uh, I think that that with guys like you out there, uh, guys and gals like you out there, and 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 the excitement, the Outfitting Association, the New Brunswick Wildlife Federation, such unfettered access to the ministry, um, we get a real opportunity. You know, I didn't, I didn't my piece with the baton, and now I think that we got a good opportunity to. Uh, I think that 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 we need to we need to close out every year with with progress, uh, and I'm com- I'm committed to that, even though I'm leaving, and I know you guys are too. So well, like we'll I said, see. we're we're we've got the hammer down, and we're going to continue to do so. We have goals and aspirations and things we'd like to see for ourselves and the province and everything, and we're going to give her everything we got to see it to see it through. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. I'll ask. I'll throw it back to you guys. I got eight months left. Yep. In eight months that I got left, what do you want me to do? I got a couple ideas here. I got one idea that I'd really like to see, and maybe it would be good to start with guides and outfitters. In other provinces and all of the United States, they, hunters and outdoorsmen have access to landowner information right on their phones through Onyx or maybe some other apps possibly. I would love to see us be able to get access to landowner information. 
just working on that right now. Ah, there you go. Yes, sir. Okay, because yes, I have a good I have a good contact too with Onyx, who just launched Onyx Canada. I can literally get a hold of the guy from there, and I mean that. Uh, yeah, you should. Oh, can, can you repeat that? You broke up. <laughs> yeah, you're getting, uh, you're getting quite sticky. You might have to walk around for a sec, Mike, and pick another spot or something. Tell me what we're doing it now. It goes clear and then breaks up. So we'll start over. Um, like I said, I have a contact with Onyx. We've already been in contact about it, and we can definitely put the government in contact with him towards that if that's something that would yep. be helpful. Can you hear me now? Oh, I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? No, nope. just keep on. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we could hear you a bit there. Jeez, I haven't moved a whole lot. Today, so I don't know what's going on. That's just the, that's just just the way it goes with those towers. Sometimes it doesn't seem to make yeah. sense. You know what it is? It's a friggin' aliens. <laughs> <laughs> They're messing with our progress. You put your armadillo hat on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put your tinfoil yeah. hat on. Can't hear you at all now. Jeez. No, it's no problem. I wonder if he, called, if he hung up and then called back. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Because it worked well for oh. a long while. Yeah, I was the same phone the whole time, but... Yeah, it's, it's broken up here for some reason. Well, why don't I call back and try again? Yep, we can do that. Okay, I'll call you right back. Yep. Okay. In fact, I'm going to call on a call from a different phone. Yeah, no okay. problem. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Do, 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 do. During this commercial break, maybe we should thank our sponsors Kent Cartridge Canada, Benelli Shotguns, Big L Decoys, East Coast Calls, <laughs> Marshmallow <Milko> Outfitters, <laughs> Maritime Dog Training, Homegrown Studios Inc. Who am I forgetting? We're forgetting somebody. Oh. Unknown caller. Mm. Oh, he called and then stopped i can't think because i'm looking there we go there he is there let's try that let's try that we just did a sponsor break there so that worked out good <laughs> okay right on how's this going well it sounds good so far okay oh <laughs> breaking up a bit <laughs> i was just looking and there's hardly at all just sitting in the house you've got hardly any bars you said yeah yeah no nothing's working here might have to go outside stand on the roof well <laughs> don't do that we don't want you to fall off <laughs> i'm gonna just i'm just moving around the house to see where we're getting better better church anything better there? Do you have AirPods in? No, I don't have AirPods in. I just get the phone over here. We can sort of hear you, but not great. That's horrible. This is like the other phone I picked up wouldn't even connect. Yeah, I mean, it was a good solid 30 minutes at least of good, clear talking. Yeah. Craig, maybe. Uh, Well, maybe we'll have to just plan for a part two when we've got some good cell phone service. If we can't get it. 
Yeah, try that. Yeah, just give that a try. try it might be a little more grounded. Give that a try, and if not, we'll just call you some other time and have another chat. Might have to come yeah, down. for sure. I might have to come down to the office. Or yeah, maybe we could meet in person. Something like that. We'll be trying to Bluetooth, and then we'll figure out plan B if that doesn't work. All right. Okay. Just do it. Yeah. Do you have any sponsors you'd like to thank, Ben? Not that I can think of right now. Do we <laughs> do we have any sponsors to well, we recognize? Think, we, think we recognized a few. Yeah. Ours. Just trying to make sure we didn't friggin' forget any. No, I think we got them all. Did we? Good. Pretty sure. I have a terrible memory. We thanked all our personal businesses. That was good. Yeah. We should promote our personal brands like we talked about, right? Of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Follow each of us on social media, too. Yeah, We're all starting to do some interesting things. Yeah. So what's your Instagram, Facebook, Ben? Is it just Homegrown? Homegrown part? show for most stuff, I believe it is. I, I don't really believe that you've ever stopped doing interesting things. Every time I open my <laughs> social media, I never know if you're going to have a shirt on or be in your He's underwear. Shirt on, pants on, who knows? What you're He's gonna the be first doing. thing I see in the morning the every last day when I go to bed. Every, yeah, every day. I'm like, what? Whether your eyes are open or closed. Consistent like the sun. Yeah. His neighbors are well aware. <laughs> Actually, I'm the first thing that pops up. When you Google Homegrown Show, I am like the top 10 results right now. Really? Yeah, which is pretty cool. That's, that is good. That is good. That's good really you. big. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. super cool. And I'm hoping to use the opportunity to be able to promote more of what we do because it's something that I have because we've been trying to stay relatively PG and I'm starting to move it to like the PG-13 mm-hmm. stuff with regards to hunting and blood. We talked and, about oh, yeah. cock today. Yes. Yes. I was cocking my building. I went down yeah. to film for Ben today. I got Col- white sticky cock all over my hands today. Calking. Calking. Yes. Calk. I cannot say cock, so I say calk. Oh. <laughs> Here's Mike again. I'll try her out. One the more honorable. time. The Honorable Mike Holland. There we go. Let's try that. How's this? Well, there's dinging in the background. Sounds like he's like, sitting in a Ford. Like that's, that, that's your, uh, your seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah, awesome. Okay, yes, that, I am. Well, that's better. That does sound, okay. sound better. Okay, well, we'll give that a shot, folks. Awesome. Yes, okay, so I had mentioned about Onyx, and I talked about having, even for a start, outfitters and guides having easier access to landowner information, especially with the new rules that just come into place. Yeah, let's yes. let's talk yeah. about that a little bit, because for us as, as waterfowl hunters, especially, like, there, there was a couple questions I had. As far as the, the trespass laws and, and having permission, is that for agricultural lands or is that for everything that's question it's one. for just it's okay so um it's for agricultural lands not forested lands okay so and i'll let you just keep drilling down into it from there yep so okay so agricultural lands and does that have to be written on paper or can that be through text well i i had this question posed to me two nights ago at a fishing game meeting and uh, I believe that uh, uh, I don't like to say I don't know, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Mm. But well, at I the end of the day, we haven't been able to find the, out yet for sure. No, well, I, 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 I put think... that down on my to-do list to find out. But here's the deal, guys. I mean, if you have permission and it's permission via text, you're not going to get in trouble. Yeah. Because the only time you're going to get in trouble is if a landowner calls. Uh, calls on you that you're on their land right and okay. if you've got their permission they're not going to do that 
Oh, so okay. from a practical perspective, you're right. going to be okay. It, it, you know, it's, it's to get, it's, it's, it, it's about, um, and you guys, particularly uh, by you guys, I mean, waterfowlers, for the vast majority, you've all got permission. Nobody goes and sets up to hunt waterfowl legitimately without having permission anyway, right? So Yeah, I'm glad you added that legitimately, legitimately in there because I, yeah, I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> legitimately. No, it's a good That's a, It's a good thing because there are some bad apples out there that are doing some st- stuff without permission, and it, it it's definitely frustrating. ruins it for frustrating, us. Frustrating for everybody. I mean, we've, <clears throat> we've uh, well, I could go on about that, but I do have another question before I forget. So... In that instance, if it's, uh, we'll say, myself and five or six other people, is it just me that needs to have permission, or do they all need written yeah. permission? Yeah, yeah. What well, if permission is granted? It, okay. it it goes to it goes to all associated in the hunting party. Deadline. Okay, okay. That's, that's perfect. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I understand why you did it. I just, you know, we're always trying. We never want to get hung up on some sort of technicality well you know, the, by, by the details saying, of the law weren't really laid out so there's a lot of gray area like right the way yeah. it read it sounded like we were going to have to have handwritten permission for every single field we were going to go into and i mean that could be two or three a day right like for myself as an upland hunter like and well you know you guys you guys you guys know where you hunt yep and and the day you go hunting is not the first day you've gone scouting no yeah so I mean that that homework's all done well before opening day. Oh, big time! And, yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 like I said, uh, folks like yourself, this is this is going to be a formality. Yep. It's not it's not meant to be an inconvenience of the legitimate ones, but it's meant to catch the running gunners and all sorts of stuff that 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 that's given us a bad name, oh, quite well, frankly. F- well, for sure, because I mean we've had this conversation a lot, and uh, I know Jace McLean for sure like he, he gets quite frustrated in the fact that he's he's got no teeth right i There's mean no landowner protection here. no no he's trying to, and and i own land as well and i mean i'm like if somebody you know we've hunted with sean before up river who's a mm-hmm. who's a large farmer here and uh works hard has a lot of land when he gets a chance to go he really enjoys and appreciates it and and Several times, not last year, but the year before, we'd show up to scout a field, and there'd already be somebody sitting in it. Yeah. He's like, they never Without talked permission. to me, but what do you do, right? So at least now. See, now, now, see, before, nothing. Couldn't right. do nothing because the onus was always on the landowner. And now, if you're if you're on that land, it's a ticketable offense, right. bottom right. line, no questions asked. As it should and be. If you, and if you don't agree, you can fight it as the as the as the one that gets a ticket instead of the landowner having to prove it right. so we finally you know we finally put control back in the hands of, of landowners for yeah. sure yeah that's good and i mean that's the way it needs to be like <laughs> landowners need protection of their own property right like you shouldn't be able to just go and free for all and because that's what happens well, here. A, people just go and tear shit up without a care in the world because they know they're never going to get in trouble it wasn't even an us hunters uh, exclusively either. I mean, no, the farmers that were planting and, and then four wheelers were ripping through it and yeah. all sorts of stuff. So it, it, it's a good move. Uh, I will get to the bottom of the technicality on, on, on text message, but at the end of the day, um, the guy that's given you a text message that says come and hunt yeah. is not going to call the cops on you. So you're yeah. okay. No, we just, we just wondered if we were to get, 
checked by DNR. I'll find out. Well, I'll yeah, find that's, that's the biggest thing. Like if we're in a field and I mean, we do, we do always have permission, but I mean, can they just roll up and say, Hey, where's your permission slip? Or is it going to be basically if a landowner calls, and report something that's who's going to get in trouble like yeah we didn't know whether it would be r- routine like a license check or or what i mean i'm sure they would i don't, I don't know well i will get to the bottom of it because mm. i don't like uh i don't like things that are like hanging bags or confusion so i'll yeah. get it figured out and yeah. is this is this going to be handled by dnr or will it be rcmp trespass that it'll be or both? well if uh, i doubt you'll see rcmp do a great deal of it but it'll mostly be conservation officers yeah. Right. And, uh, um, and, and that'll same as, same as checking your gun for lead and all that stuff, basically. Right. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was, uh, a question or question or two I had about that stuff. Any, any rules or laws or anything you want to see changed or talked about? Uh, Actually, no, that, that was. Oh, what about a, a waterfowl guide only being allowed to guide three people? even though they're all standing right beside them. Yeah, that's something I have talked about in the past, and I know that I know that that's kind of a singular deal. Like any place else I've guided, like Ontario or Alberta, like in, in Alberta, you can guide as many people as you want. For waterfowl. For waterfowl, but you can't shoot. In, in uh, Ontario, you can guide as many people as you want, and you can shoot. And I think in, in PEI, I haven't guided there, but I know that their guides can at least carry a gun i don't think they carry mm-hmm. a limit or anything but uh yeah that wouldn't be as big a deal for me because i right like i don't need well i, don't I mean need if you're a guide and you're guide but but right. i mean and you're gonna have somebody hired anyway but the, the ability to say hey uh we're done shooting you go ahead and leave the field and go scouting and i'll be here with these guys well here's the deal without breaking the law right here's the deal yeah. you got clients rolling in your guide gets food poisoning and he can't make it to the like what are you going to do at three in the morning when you got six clients showing up in the morning? Right. Yeah. Like you're legally in shit, but what, what the hell are you going to do? We, right? we like, we take it pretty serious. We don't want to ever any of these technicalities or anything like this. This is always, and we, we assume that people would be rational, but at the same point, we, we, we don't push the envelope or the line at all. So in that instance of just having the ability to be there with your, with people, non-residents without another guide present that would be good i mean again that person is still going to have a job and still be there but if they needed to leave if they couldn't make it yeah if something yes. happened you're left right shit happens if pause. it's if it's three o'clock in the morning yeah and and all of a sudden steve calls and says hey i put my vehicle off the road i'm all racked up or i'm sicker than a dog i can't get out of bed like i'm stuck right i don't well send that to me boys Send that to me. We will send that in a formal email to the Honorable yep. Mike Holland. <laughs> boy. When you said the other day, when you said, uh, just send that, just just send that to my secretary so I can, she'll put a reminder in there. I was like, how should I word this email? Should I word this like <laughs> I'm talking to Mike? Somebody or, else is going to read yeah, this. Or, should, uh, or is she going to be like, uh, yeah, I can just imagine somebody what, sent you an inappropriate email, Mike, yeah. just so you know, I, I can just well, I'll imagine tell you what this. mine look like coming across. There's nothing, there's nothing that you boys could send me that won't top the, the, the greatest hits list I have of emails I've gotten over the last six years. Trust me. Man, oh, I no bet. About uh, yeah, I've had some you colorful you language are, and words. You guys are tame compared to some of it. So well, that's anyway. good to hear. 
jump back to the Onyx stuff there. Yeah, I'd yeah. like you to put uh, I'd like you to put that person in contact with us I because because of, because that. of the trespass laws and all that. Uh, I want to have uh, we've been working on on landowner registrations and how we can make that possible so that we've got this trespass law here in effect. So if somebody sees something, that's great. They know they got to get permission. That's right. great, but the missing link is where do i go from here yeah yeah how do i find well, how do i find out who owns that even if you way? even if they did it as a trial where you get a login name and password to like kind of like the real estate agents have that and government exactly they have a login yeah. and they can go on to uh like we go on to geo new brunswick i can't remember what that's called but g-o-n-b well they G-O-N-B. have something else besides geo oh, yeah. it looks like that but in, besides the PID numbers and all that, it also has the, the title holder name on there. And, I mean, even the name of who owns the land would be... Just something to go right. on, yeah. No, like, that'd be good. It'd offer that much mean, more accountability, right? Yeah. I mean, you know... Then there's, yeah, there's no, there's no reason you shouldn't have permission because you can find out who owns it right here on your phone yeah and everybody and everybody has some sort of map system like that that they you know what i mean yeah. well like, every, if you don't it's pin, time to step into the 20s right with pins on it yeah. and you know everybody's yes. hunt stand yeah. or something everybody's yeah. using so you know because there's also a lot of incorrect information out there from neighboring landowners because if you don't know who owns it that's what you do you say hey show them this field here to who own- oh that's owned by so-and-so well then you find out and it's like okay that actually isn't owned by them right. they farm that land or something like that you know but you well don't yeah because they have landowner permission somebody gives you permission to hunt land and they don't have the right to do it yeah right. and you don't have any you're taking them for their word so yeah well i'll i'll do that i'll get a hold of ben this week and and get him in contact with the government and the forces that be here to get that changed. because if we could have something like that for fall or whenever that man that would be huge for us yeah well i got i i got eight months left but i'm going to treat every day like it's the first day of a four-year term so i'm not slacking off that's good man hammer down from start to finish any anything yep. you're working on in these last eight months that you can tell us about yeah there's a couple couple little things here and there i'm, I'm working through the system right now to uh to put poor um Oh geez, uh, raccoons and uh, squirrels, gray squirrels on the on the varmint license. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, raccoons. Ben's would gonna be, start dancing. Oh. Well, raccoons <laughs> would be huge because yeah. this fall we talked to DNR, and they told us about a trapping thing they did up here. And how many friggin' raccoons was it? They got in like two days. They caught. They caught a lot. Wasn't like it was. It was. It like was there's insane. so many. Oh yeah, there's like, crazy yeah. amounts of raccoons. And this was just one little area that they did it, and it was crazy and insane yeah. amounts. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. I know. Oh, and and there's and there's an ecological reason for it too. And that's one of the things I want people to know is that yeah. I'm not just doing this to get out there and have something so I can make a bunch of hats. No. Um, <laughs> right. It's, <laughs> it's, they're, they're, I mean, they're egg busters, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, big time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's nothing yeah. that, that will eat more bird eggs and kill their number one besides skunks as yeah. far as predators go. Yeah. Yeah. And skunks, I, I, I'm looking at putting them, but you, you never see them. Yeah. They're really, really nocturnal. Coons you'll see yeah. out and about early in the morning, late in the evening. But I mean, it'd be cool. Go to sit at a go, go sit at a bear bait. Oh, I've yeah. sat at plenty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I could. Uh, 
made many coon hat, skin hats. Yeah, the bear will come in with a with a with a raccoon yeah. pinned to a pinned to a log. Yeah, I've seen. Oh man, I've seen like upwards of ten raccoons on my bear baits before. Oh yeah, me too. I'm, but you know what I've seen? I've seen them start out as skinny little buggers, and then by the end of bear season, yeah. they're just fat as a tick. Yeah, just... I fed them, fed them all season. What one thing I think that's been talked about a little bit because I, I was thinking when we were talking about this about uh, hound hunting, and I know that yeah. there's a, a a few more people getting into that, which is which is great from any perspective. You know, uh, there's a lot of dog sports in the Maritimes, but certainly to see people get into that would would be great but uh what was i thinking of i just kind of lost my train of thought well, there. Talking... oh the blood the blood tracking yeah for dogs yeah. Oh, is that, yeah, is that not... something we're thinking more about now yeah it it, it <laughs> is i got two i got two things that i got to get around with it um one is how do uh, like how how do you police it it would have to be something where you know you you can't shoot a deer come back to the camp and after you know six or seven cores light grab old gypsy and run out going looking for 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 the deer right mm -hmm. we'd have to have some strong parameters around it to make sure that guys just aren't running out to the woods with their whatever dog right looking for a deer because um you know the likelihood of pushing a deer is is, is i'm concerned about pushing wounded deer um but the other thing is bears. but you're gonna push a wounded deer if you're tracking it on foot too well, see, that's and, where I would just go back to the camp and I go back in the morning. Now, but that's the thing, though. Blood track, true, like my dog, to, in order to be bred, they all have to pass blood tracking tests. And true blood tracking is all done on a check cord. You do not let your dog run, yeah, run wild. That's, 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 all done on a check cord. That's, that's the big thing. And, and, it, and it is okay. a truly trained skill. It's not like you can't take any random dog out, put them on a blood trail, and it will trail the animal. It'll sniff it for a ways. And then it'll fall off if it's only, it just, it is a trained skill for a dog and handler to do. And it's not easy. That's true okay. proper blood tracking. Well, see the thing, that's the other thing. Cause when that originally came on, I was part of that thread for a bit on, uh, I think it came on NB <laughs> hunters. And I was like, you know, I think for hounds, I don't know what it is now. Uh, you could probably enlighten me on this, Mike, but I, I thought that it used to be that your hound had to be certified by the province somehow to 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 coon hunt or cat hunt at night here. I thought yes. that was a requirement, and I don't know how they did that. And I know, like, with waterfowl, like, I don't have to do that with no. my dogs. But at the, at the same time, it, it is a little bit different, but I... In a way, I, I agree with you. You wouldn't just want to say, oh, you just take whatever dog you want to do and take but, them I mean, in the woods. At the end of the day, it's a lot like any type of hunting. I mean, what keeps anybody from shooting whatever they want and doing whatever they no, want? No, you're right. They you're do right. have to. There has to be a level of trust and self-policing, you know, and I mean, people, people now, are honestly going to find out really quick that if you just take an untrained dog out to a blood trail and let it run wild, it's not going to track it down. Not going to work. That's yeah. not. So Very few dogs so you, have that instinct to to do that. can you guys do me a favor then uh at some point in the near future i want to get my biological staff and and some other people in my yeah. boardroom would you guys come down and let's have a chat about that and i will oh, come absolutely. down anytime and i can put you in contact okay. with professional blood trackers and all over north america if you want like i said just through the deutsch strata breeding program there's people that are professional paid blood trackers with their dogs like 
Well, there's tell a me lot this. Of, there's a lot of good tell associations. Me this. Yep. Here's the other thing, and this is just Mike sitting here asking these questions, yep. not staff or anything. Y'all right coming up on a wounded black bear with your hound? 100%. Okay, tell me more. Am I, why I'm okay with it? Yeah, like, is you you not concerned about, you know, you could run into a little bit of a pickle there if you get him and he's not expired? No. You get into close quarters with him? No, because you, like I said, the dog is on on a check cord. I've I've blood tracked bears in Nova Scotia, not in New Brunswick. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, when you blood track a bear with your dog on a check cord, the way it's done properly, if the bear is wounded, you're going to know it. It's going to hear you coming. It'll move. I mean, I've tracked probably in the hundreds of bears now with no gun, no nothing. And I've okay. never even, well, I mean, I shouldn't say I've come close, but they're just so friggin' scared of you. Like people think bears are not a grizzly. Yeah. It's not, it's different than a grizzly bear. Yeah. Like black bears are extremely afraid of people. I mean, the closest I ever came, we were blood tracking a bear and it, it was bleeding out. And I mean, it literally ran right between us. It took off. It was under a blowdown, and I mean, it just it just wanted to get out of there. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, well, you 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 run that you're going to run that risk, and and part of that would be to have because we don't obviously. I mean, in a place like Maine where you can hunt bears with with dogs, I think you can still do. Oh that, yeah, you can yeah. hunt bears. I mean, bear. when you have that level of a dog that's looking to tree a bear, I mean, yeah. th- those dogs are th- they'll risk life or limb, and most yeah. of our dogs will anyway. But I think a lot of that comes back to the handler and and being yeah being so, being so. careful and not putting yourself or your dog in a position where you're like, yeah. oh, we'll we'll just like you said, let old Gypsy run free and watch them on the well, on the GPS. And, and another thing about a, a trained blood tracking dog, it's like anything when you're say you're hunting say you're hunting grouse with a pointer you can tell when a dog's getting birdie well you can tell with a blood tracking dog when it's getting close to the game okay and it would be you know any any time that you do something like this you hope that there's no accidents right oh yeah but i mean it's like because it's it's a risk because it because it looks bad but that all being taken into account certainly with waterfowl this day and age uh with the way that people allow their dogs to act during hunts uh man if there was ever anything that should require a a certified trained Mm. dog somehow it's that because it's hard to watch and that's another uh that's another thing too what about outfitters say like when you're guiding clients like i'm legally not allowed to carry a gun to go track a bear i know is that is that something that can be changed i mean that would be great uh you know what? I talked about that a couple of years ago. Thank you for the reminder. I'm gonna. I, I want to kick that into gear because I just. I know I've been in the woods with some guys before as, as a guide, and I was like, "Boys, I I'm not very comfortable with this yeah. sport." Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, and you you guide bow hunters. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. they didn't traditional like, bow hunters. Like, trad, yeah. Trad guys. So. Yeah. 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 No. No. Thanks for the reminder. You know what? Some stuff slips through the cracks. I'm going to bring that one back to the table because I always felt like it was – I think that we should be able to carry a sidearm, but – Yeah, me too. Yeah, absolutely. No different what? than trapping, right? We talked about that yeah. for years oh, in, know, in trapping. I know, I know, You know, it's I'm not crazy. Gonna win, I'm not going to win that one in eight months, but but having a having a long gun, yeah, I think that's very legitimate. So I it's, appreciate I that. I mean, it's safe. Yeah. Safer. Oh, you know? it's a safety like, – yes, exactly. I mean – Exactly. So I'm not saying no, I've I'll, done it here, but I mean, 
to be able to carry a gun is just a because like you said you never know what's going to happen i mean so far in the whatever 16 18 years i've guided bear hunters i've knock on wood not had a single issue but i mean doesn't mean that the first time couldn't happen i haven't i haven't had an issue but I've had heightened levels of anxiety. Yeah. More than oh, once. yeah. Mm. Put pants, it that way. I've had several pants shitting situations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So no, that'd be a that'd be a good move. So so two things. Back up. You guys are gonna come down and we're gonna have a conversation about hounds. Yep. And uh, yeah. And tracking. Just okay. you say when. Because I can get okay. you guys all the professional information you want or put you in contact with people that do it basically for nope. a living. Like and maybe have some ideas about what their state or province allows or does, right? I mean, because yep. if they have a model that seems to work or they have a model and they say, oh, these would be the changes that should be made because of, it makes it a little easier on George us. George in on that. Yeah, George Boyd in Nova Scotia would be a good one. He was, Didn't he okay, work good. for DNR? At uh, one time? I, I think he's he, retired DNR or something. Retired DNR, yeah, yeah. I think he's a retired conservationist. Yeah, he, he tracks with animals all the time. He actually was... Uh, he bans them. He bans or used to ban eider ducks with his dogs. They would retrieve, okay. They would find them, retrieve them, they would ban them, and then go back. Like He did that for a lot of years. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Wow. Man, I'll, well, I'll, I'll, tell you. I'll tell you something. One, one other thing, too, if we're talking about eiders before I forget, um, and I don't know how, how much input... Um, you would have on this, Mike, but I know that we do have an Atlantic Waterfowl Council Council that talks about a lot of these uh-huh. things. I don't know exactly uh-huh. who's involved in it. I I've talked about it before that I, that I would love to be involved, and now that um, I'm a member of the Guide and Outfitter Association and on their Waterfowl yep. Council, okay. maybe I'll have a better chance at getting a seat. Um, but our, I mean, our eider seasons have changed. I know that a lot of that is is federal, but uh, as somebody that hunts sea ducks several times a year and and certainly during the february season now we don't have a limit for eiders in the february season and uh barrow's golden eye is something that they consider sort of endangered but they give us a limit of one and i just kind of feel like the fact that we don't have any limit in february like for the amount of people that go out we should we should be able to take one bird because Man, I've got lots of video proof from being over in Graham and Ann uh, recently. Yes. And we saw thousands of eiders. The majority of what we saw were eiders. <laughs> and I understand that there's a lot of talk and a lot of study about where the eiders are going and what's going on with them. And it's it's hard to do because, I mean, they live in a rough ocean. Mm. But yeah. I just think that to, to completely... Because we're always worried about the February season, right? We really look forward to that and always kind of worry that they're just eventually going to say, oh, well, we don't really need that, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, they are they have extended our season. Um, it's, the duck season is the maximum now, 107 days starting next year. But still, I would love to see one eider. Maybe you could even say one Drake eider on yeah. there would be, would be awesome. And, and again, I don't know how much uh, input we would have on that or who makes those decisions as far as the province Uh, but but it's kind of sad i don't know but but i will know by the time you guys come to my boardroom okay so for topics here i'll send formal emails for landowner information and onyx getting that coordinated blood tracking dogs waterfowl guides taking more than three hunters outfitters and guides being able to carry guns love it that sounds correct we'll get it 
formal yeah. proper emails going on that. That's about eight months worth of work right there, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah. Boys, yeah. if you could do that in eight months, that'd be, uh, that'd be yeah. something. Yeah, those are all d- definitely things that have been on our mind. I mean, yeah. again, like I say, when we were in Graham and Ann uh, just recently, you know, it's a beautiful place. And, and when we uh, certainly here on the mainland, like if you went to St. Andrews, things have changed since we used to go down there. Right? Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, we don't we don't time. see the eiders there yeah. that, that we have. But we know that on the eastern seaboard where they live and breathe that, that – People are getting them in yeah. New England yeah. and in Mass. What you know, damn. They're still there, but I they're mean, still there. But they just shift around. But when we went to Graham and Ann, he, we said, "How many eiders do you think we'll see tomorrow?" And he said, "Oh, I think we'll see at least a thousand. And I thought to myself, "Holy frig, really? Like we don't really see eiders like that anymore." And I'm here to tell you, mm-hmm. he was he was not wrong. Like flock after flock mm-hmm. after. I've got lots of video of eiders, okay. and I was like, "Man, this is if we could have shot one eider, you know what I mean? It would have been." It's just a shame that we that we just have that taken away from us in that extra season. For it being a month long season, mm. you know, I just I'm sure there's lots of research and maybe they could explain that to me, but I just don't feel like we're gonna decimate the population when yeah. it's just us here in New Brunswick. Well, there's Latin. no hunters in February. Right. Nova Scotia's <laughs> not doing a February season. It's just yeah. ours and it's very sort of near and dear to our hearts that oh, we can definitely. go out in february because yeah. i know a lot of other people yeah. are like wow that's eiders especially are such a sought after bird you know and on yeah, an outfitting yeah. perspective as well like it, it would offer another opportunity so because i mean king 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 eiders for sure people are paying huge money to go yeah, get them right. and eiders eiders in general now people are especially where like they're on the west coast to go shoot uh king eider and harlequin Holy crap. Like huge. You got to have yourself a thick bank. And I mean, you're not going to, let's be honest, you're, you're, that's super regional. You're not going to be in Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's right. Limits of eiders. They're just not around, right? That's that's right. It's very true to us. As good as I am on the camp grill, I can't make them taste good. (laughs) (laughs) And the key to those suckers is just, is barely cook them. Basically slice it super thin, sear it on each side and eat it. Yeah, wrap it yeah. enough yeah. bacon and cream cheese that you're like, is there duck in that? Yeah. There's also that too. <laughs> you put you put enough other ingredients in there, you can make anything yeah. taste good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh, jump it. But that's all I had on my mind as far as things. All uh, like I said, we'll start formal emails on that, and especially the the blood tracking and landowner information is two really key yeah. points. I mean. Oh, no, these are great. This guys is great. and outfitters carrying guns is, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time without a gun. I, I like an adrenaline rush, so I I'm not huge, but. It's just, I, I, that kind of comes down to just ethics of. Well, if man. We're trying, if we're trying to. Go try to find a freaking black bear that doesn't bleed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Well, you know, the, I've seen guys make incredible shots, watch the video, and it's like, that's a dead bear. And then what do you do? You can't find it. Because they barely, the fat plugs the hole, they don't bleed. And, and Or if you do find it and it is still alive, you, you just want things to be done. Yeah. Right? We're yeah. trying to, we're trying dispatch. to, yep, we want to dispatch. Well, you know, you talk about the ethics of it and it's happened to all of us. And there's no more lonely, gut-wrenching walk back to the camp is yeah. not having that animal. Man. That's right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, if you hunt long enough, it's going to happen. doesn't matter yeah. how good of a shooter you are. You're going to miss. You're yeah. going to wound animals. That's not that. That's not what we want. That's not the objective, yeah. but it's eventually going to happen. And you know? having a well-trained dog to track that down, man, is 
unbelievably valuable asset. Well, I, I think, because, again, if we put it on, like, uh, the bird end of things, I mean, that's why we can train with birds. That's that's why we yeah. train our dogs to help us find and locate game to shoot. And then mm-hmm. when we do shoot it, if it does get away or whatnot, well, I mean, to, it's, to, to, it's more efficient, right? Well, it's why we don't shoot a full limit of birds because – Sure as shit, our dogs are going to run around and find a duck that was hiding in the corn stubble that we didn't yeah, see. Yeah, like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. The, the, the law and, and the government, I guess, and the powers that be kind of see have always seen them as a, as a conservation tool. And, yeah. and they are, right? A well-trained yeah. dog is a conservation yeah. tool. And that's and, the key, well-trained. In, in, in any aspect. And, I mean, look, the rabbit hole we could go down with there. Yeah. In my line of work, Mike... Uh, I mean, I'm teaching diabetic service dogs right now. You want to see things that yeah. are unbelievable. I mean, mm-hmm. most people are pretty impressed with a dog that will sit, but what about a dog that can tell you when your sugar's high yeah. or your sugar's oh, low? And, and like, hey, you know, yeah. I'm alerting you. Yeah. This is what it is, right? Or, uh, wow, know, yeah. It's, no, just, it's, a, it's incredible. Yeah. So the question I have is can you guys take – our seven-month-old half border collie, half black lab, and turn it into a hunting dog. Matt, you I... definitely do that. <laughs> you, you definitely could. You definitely could on the on the lab end of things. No, the... no guarantee on what caliber a hunting dog. But... Yeah, depend on <laughs> depending on what you want. But but definitely, you've got two breeds there that are very hard workers, and yeah. uh, you know, prey border, drive. Yeah, prey border drive. And, are super smart. And, and I mean, a border collie can't not be trained. I mean, they're yeah. they're just a yeah. dog that has to be worked with, and and the level of intensity there, in uh, most any border collie is, you know, off the scales. Yeah, Un- unreal oh. how smart they are. I well, when you're walking around thinking I got something on four legs, it's smarter than me walking around on two. Yep. <laughs> I like, you know, there's got to be something I can do with this dog. Yeah. Well, got to be something. And we we, uh, I said this this fall. I mean, working dogs love to work and most dogs not all of them now because there's lots of designer dogs out there uh but most dogs came from a background of work right they have a job and they're they're bred to do that job so when they come out of the womb like a labrador retriever knows that it wants to when it smells a duck Mm -hmm. you know a thousand years of its ancestors are screaming at it you should go find that and pick it up right or a border yeah. collie knows that for some reason when you're walking around the house or there's another animal or there's a small person around that they need to bring them back to a certain area. They need to herd them, mm-hmm. right? So any, yeah. any, of, any of those dogs just absolutely thrive on work. And I said this this fall that when we go hunting, like as much as I absolutely love and live for it, I think that I love and live for it more than anything but I don't like it or love it as much as my dog does. Oh, <laughs> well, I, that yeah. my dog's sitting here right now molesting my wife. And I mean, there's nothing that dog likes more in the world than to go hunt, like period. Yeah. yeah. He hunts every yeah. single day, no matter what. So I think that done done properly, and, and if the blood tracking was going to be a thing, if, if uh, there was sort of a, a group or an association that mm. could help people do it properly and do it the right way and, and kind of encourage even make people it so they got to be certified i, I mean on yeah. game. yeah, yeah. i mean if to the, be testing and there needs to yeah. be accountability if yeah there should yeah. i mean a test a test is not a, a not a bad thing and i'm sure there's other places that do it because it, people should be held accountable yeah. they really should i mean if you get upset about it like 
I mean, your dog should be trained. Yeah. We don't. Or proof of tracking. Like I said, his pay, his breeding papers, his testing is all right there and his scores and where he's passed blood yep. tracking and everything. Who who doesn't want uh, a dog that's better behaved and does the job <laughs> better? I mean, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't bring a dog to the field to hunt waterfowl so that we can have something to holler at that's you know yeah, not right. not a, it's yeah. supposed to be an addition to the hunt right it's supposed to be efficient and go out there and do its thing and pick up your birds and find them when they're down in the bushes and you know if you're gonna have a blood tracking dog that that's what it should be too you know yeah it, it should be it should be an animal that knows its job knows what to do and effectively helps you find down game and yeah. saves you more game no different than a than a waterfowl hunting dog yeah. or mm-hmm. an upland dog right they yeah. they they conserve game I mean, I think one of the best analogies I could probably put this for somebody, as far as the blood tracking of of shot or wounded game goes, to take your dog untrained out on a blood track would be the equivalent of taking an untrained Labrador waterfowl hunting and expect it to retrieve birds and bring them back to hand perfectly, or to take an English pointer out upland hunting and expect it to point birds perfectly. And that's not the, that's not the point because, you know. But that's the equivalent though. Like people think like you're not going to take a dog out just because it's a wiener dog or a tracking dog and, and let it go. And it's going to track a bear. That's right. It needs to be, there is a lot of training to it. It needs to be trained and and it's much more, much more safe. I mean, to, to take an untrained dog to the field where there's where there's shots going off is, is a liability. Yeah. It's not an addition to the hunt. I mean, yeah. if you're a dog, yeah. if you have, like you said, one of those wiener dogs or wire hair wiener dog or, or one of these drathars or, or any yeah. type of tracking hound that's bred to do that job and, and comes from yeah. good bloodlines it and you tra- train. Yeah. And you, and you train that dog to do that job. You're going to save animals. Yeah that are shot you're gonna find animals that you never would have found without that dog but like if you take even one of him i mean these dogs are literally just bred to hunt period if you take an untrained dog for blood tracking out even one of these guys they're not going to track it down they just don't because they haven't been trained to and i think i think there's probably a lot of concerns there that people are going to be just letting their dogs run at large and going wild and they're going to be they're going to be chasing animals but i mean they're just not you're going to let your dog go on a on a pot on a blood trail and it's just going to stand there or it's going to run around and, and it and has start sniffing squirrels and stuff like yeah it should be it's when you're looking for down game that's that's the point you don't your dog should be on a leash because yeah. you don't exactly like you said mike you're not trying to push game you know if yeah. the animal is actually still alive and and your dog is on a leash well then you can if you decide that either you're gonna you're gonna shoot it or you're gonna back out and bail out okay yeah. well then you can re-pick the track and especially yeah. if you've yeah. got a, a a good tracking dog i mean you know 24 48 hours they're Man. they're they're good they're a good, good tracking dog is such a valuable asset yeah but I, it, like i said i can get you in contact with people that do it but it's got to be done right it has and to be done right they'll be boys we're to. gonna have uh we're gonna have a pretty good meeting about this, I think. Definitely, you say when, man. I'm yep. jumping on board with as much stuff as I can jump on board with to get things done here and help out as much as I possibly can, and put people in contact with people I might know that can help out. Well, I got eight months left in the job. Yeah, uh, we got to go hammer down. We got to finish strong. Yeah, for sure. And then, yep. then the work, then the work begins on the next chapter. So you make sure yeah. that. Uh, you make sure that I can still uh, 
come on these podcasts afterwards. Oh, and, Fred, uh, yes. And sure. love, love to have you, man. <laughs> hey, we don't have you on here because you're the minister of natural resources. We get you on here because you're Mike Hollander, buddy. <laughs> well, and we got we got work to do, and 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 and, it, and that work still needs to be done. So, yeah, yeah for uh, sure. But but definitely for sure, it needs to be said again. The the things that the things that you've done since you've been in there, and and uh, we all understand that it's an incredibly tough job and you have to make uh unpopular decisions at times and it puts you in a in a tough spot and and to have somebody in there that's no that we feel is certainly no different than us and and go in there and make all the changes you've Mm. made it's just a true showing to your your personality and and uh i think that we're all just real proud of you for everything that you've done yeah definitely certainly means a lot to us and and uh i know a lot of our youth and uh, you know, we definitely sing your praises lots about all the things that have happened that wouldn't have happened <coughs> because they would have rocked the boat or you know taken a yeah. chance that somebody might not like me or you know. <laughs> so yeah. you know, there's just so there's not just one thing; it's just so many things that yeah. have happened. That's just you know, it, it, when you when you finally leave, you're gonna leave on a high note. Uh, people aren't gonna forget you. That's for sure. No, you've no made you've you've made a a long-lasting impact, man. You really have. Well, I appreciate that from you guys. Like I said, I've always held you guys in the highest level of respect. We've always been a part of the group that's going to make changes. We are doing it in different venues, mm. and one thing's for sure is we ain't going to stop. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, brother. Absolutely, man. No, that's right. Yep. Yeah. Always reaching. Right on. Anyone else have anything to add to the conversation or are we good? Did you have anything on your wish list, Ben? Yeah. Well, my wish list for what Mike could do. I, I just loved what you said about the communication stuff, and I mean that is what I do, and I would yep. love for yeah. the opportunity. And Wes and I have even talked about this, just to go around to other outfitters because, like we said, it's uh, what we do here and what we do at large, and what you've been able to do over the last few years is really put other people first and have the community come together in unity and together to be able to uh, to forward each other. And it would be great from a communication standpoint to be able to produce some stuff. I mean, the uh, Minister of Agriculture is doing great things. I know Margaret personally, and she's doing incredible things for that sector. And I'd love to see you put your face out there even more to be able to put some videos together or some comms content before you leave to be able to say, here's where I made my mark. Here's some outfitters that are doing great. Um, And here's some guys that really up and comers maybe that you don't know yet that uh, are really doing incredible things in any sector of hunting, trapping, whatever. And I think that's a really cool opportunity to be able to uh, utilize social media like you have, but like you've never done before to a secondary level to be able to show yeah. off and with a last hurrah, say, here's what I did. Here's my stamp of approval Man, moving forward. That's a good idea. Like a Mike like Holland legacy video. Yeah. Just take a week <laughs> and just go, especially in the off season, you take some time and really interview some guys and talk to some guys yeah. that are doing guys and gals yeah. that are doing incredible things yeah. in the industry. As, as, as you should, because people love to not have to read things right yeah yep. i love video right. i can't i ne- i don't read shit yeah i so, video everything so learn so everything short short videos about Man, those things yeah. so people are more aware because i can tell you i hope that i hope that the next person that comes into that seat uh has the same type of fire and same type of want to to yeah. to further what you've done and uh, use you as what you've said that yep. that they can lean on you a bit and, and continue to move forward. Mm. 
But uh, they've definitely got some boots to fill, man. Oh, man. And we're definitely going to do everything we can to give them the confidence they need yep. to keep things progressive. Yeah. But we're heading in the right direction. We are. Yeah. yeah, we are. So, Ben, you jump in with the boys and come down for that meeting. Definitely. Okay. We can talk about that, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Ben's I got like a, a young baby and a ch- and another young son. So, I mean, his time's not as free as ours. But And 100 animals at home. And 100 animals at home. But we do try to well, drag him into as much stuff <laughs> as we can. We'll make time. If, yeah. If you can't make her there, we'll go to you one way or the other. I love that idea. That's a good idea, man. Like, we got yep. lots of good ideas, and we've got the ambition to, to get them going. Okay. Well, you know what? We were doing this podcast about wrapping up, but it sounds like we still got work to do. I love it. Absolutely, man. The work's never done. This is just part two and part, part two in coming. nine months. We'll do part two in nine months. Oh, and this see is what we yeah. yeah. This is part two. Part three is coming up in oh, nine months. All right, and we'll see where Good we stuff. see where we are in nine months, man. We're love on. It. Love it. Love it. Good well, talking guys, to you. Appreciate your time, hundred uh, percent. I love I love uh, talking with you guys. You always get into some cool subjects and and uh i really love what you're doing with the show and uh, it, it's it's so grassroots and i just love turning on the tv mm. seeing guys i've known for a long time doing what they love that's yeah so, same with you man it's been fun to watch you do your thing in the po- political world we got to get me out for some catch and release shooting though we will do that for sure <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll make a point of actually getting a hold of you getting in touch and making sure that done deal let's we, do it yeah drag your ass so, up here man all right, I'm in. Sounds right on, good. brother. Good talking to Take you. Take her easy, guys. Right. Thanks a lot. Bye. See ya. Well, that's a fine talk. Yeah. That was the man. Honorable Mike Holland. The Honorable Mike Holland right there, man. I mean, the guy has done a hell of a job. I'm so glad to have been a part of that. There's very few politicians now that you see. Like, there's a few out of the states, but the states is so big that you see... The good apples and the bad apples alike, whereas in Canada, I mean, you've got a lot of squeaky wheels, but mm. very few that are out of the ordinary, like Mike, and doing yeah. stuff on a small scale for small provinces like New Brunswick to be able to further things like hunting. You see the opposite quite a bit, yeah. and it's uh, devastating at times to see what some people are pushing agenda-wise, yeah. but mm. it's nice to have the opposite to be able to go back to our roots yeah. Mike's amazing. Well, and, and to go in there and have ideas of, oh, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and actually do them. And actually and more, accomplish it, yeah. You know, is really something. I mean, because yeah. government is not easy to move things through. And, you know, yeah. he, he got the right team around him. He was driven. He's always been a hard, hard charger. So yeah. that's what you need. Somebody that's obviously passionate and understands it. That's, yeah. that's the big thing, right? If you take that seat... And you don't actually participate in a lot yeah. of this or don't have uh, good memories of doing this stuff, then you yeah. wouldn't be as passionate well, about it. Well, and he so. he went into this not as a job, like, okay, man, I'm I'm in here, this is my job, I'm gonna make good money, get a good pension. He went into it. This was his passion was to better New Brunswick and the outdoors here. Every every aspect of it. That's it yeah, because he became his passion and it was more like a hobby to the way he did things and it was like a, a job or oh i gotta go to work and collect my paycheck oh, i gotta do this and meet with what like he actively went after it and lo- he did it like he loved it and I, well i think he did i mean he made a lot of incredible changes here 
Well, it speaks to his ability to be able to lead and delegate too, because yeah. he's only one man, right? Yep. You only have yeah. 24 hours in a day. So to be able to yeah. empower, like you said about um, DNR being just charged up for what they want to do now and conservation officers man. just loving their job. Well, now. one of the nicest things I ever saw like was at that uh, Guides and Outfitters AGM or whatever at the banquet before like the auction and the dance and stuff like he was he did his thing and then he said look he said I can't I can't do anything that I've done here without my team and he pointed out his team out in the crowd and getting to stand up and like they got a big standing ovation it's like you know I mean that's the kind of guy Mike is though right like he doesn't stand there I did this I did that it's like I'm just the guy that kind of suggested the things and like these are the guys that got it done these are the people that kept my shit together <laughs> that's like basically what he said in a nutshell you know? and th- and and knowing that you know like we talked about a lot of the stuff that you're gonna do when he's talking about outfitting for whitetails like that would be a dream could you for, imagine for the outfitting industry to be yeah. able to finally have a huntable population yeah. of trophy whitetails Enough so that people are like, hey, I'd like to go to New Brunswick. Well, people can't believe it. Like, I I do get a lot of calls, actually, people wanting to come here whitetail hunting as an outfitter, and I'm just like, like, we got nothing. Yeah, there's just... I couldn't... The opportunity is In good conscience charge you for a deer hunt up here. It's like, really? Yeah. Because they want to come to New Brunswick. They want to shoot a great big northern Canadian whitetail. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? We just don't have many. And and a lot of... Being a, a real conservationist, a lot of times is doing work that you won't see the benefit of really like if we're talking about forests and you know all the all our woodlands and things like that like these things that you put in the kickback on them isn't immediate like we're used to nowadays and uh i think that says a lot you know we're trying to make make a difference by getting the youth involved and mm. letting them participate at, a, younger, years old, at, a, at a younger age, like they've been. Could doing you have that. ever imagined that that would no. happen here in this? No, province? they've been doing that in the states for years, yeah. and I'm like, man, I wish we could do that here because yeah. our, our things are changing so much in our youth, and they need to be outside and they need to experience nature and they want to participate. They that more than just than just going, you know, and. Uh, that just things like that are are yeah. huge right and then we need to protect our forest better we need to make it a priority to yeah. to look at the wildlife we have and and our deer wintering areas and how we're treating our forest yes we have jobs there and then we need to feed the machine like you said but yeah we, we still need to say okay what's changed here how do we treat our forest like we got to yeah. get it back to yeah what i it mean was when game thrived here you know when there was yeah. huntable populations of woodland caribou here and and all kinds of moose around yeah. and lots of deer like you know yeah. no it's it's nice man i mean matt we've been at this for a long time i mean could you imagine 10 years ago just finishing a conversation with a minister of natural resources and having this kind of a conversation like, uh, that would be the thing that would that that i would say that i couldn't imagine was having this type of conversation yeah. let alone an hour and a half on a sunday on a Super sunday, Bowl sunday. Uh, on, yeah. a su- on a sunday on a sunday that's it yeah yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. get a meeting with you yeah maybe exactly yeah. who are a, a what a podcast a uh, podcast uh, yeah i don't know waterfowl it, like you, and, what are you are you bird watchers or yeah <laughs> and i and, and you know what to be fair to, to those ministers from the past like we never reached out to them but at the same time, well, we reached sure, out to some levels of government and just never we, even got a reply. Yeah, we have, but they sure as shit weren't on Facebook 
taking punches and no. changing laws and, and making things better for everybody, yeah. you know. And again, you're putting yourself in a position there where not everybody's going to like you. Yeah. And uh, it takes a certain special type of person to do that. But, uh, and man, that idea of making like a, a video, like a Mike Collin tribute, that's a wicked idea. And I could, that's something that you could really do well. Well, he should be recognized for that because, uh, you know, that that's never happened before. No, man. He's made a, like, I know we're still in it and he's still, he's still the man. But I mean, I, I know that when we're 80 years old, like you look 30 down, 30 years down the road, we're still going to be talking about, man, do you remember when Mike Holland was in office? And again, I mean, like, we're, we want, we want everybody to have an opportunity here. We've seen the change and how things have declined in, in some areas and we need to make it better. Yeah. You know, I want my kids, kids, my great grandkids to be able to thrive here and possibly even even have a future in the outfitting and yeah. guiding industry. Yeah. Here. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, like when when man. Gramp when Gramp guided, it was thick people coming here from New England. Yeah. It was just the place to go. You want to yeah. go fishing, you want to go deer hunting, like he yeah. he made a living off of that. I know. He he would take all like, his vacation and made a living. There was several outfitters down around those lakes. Even like, if I guided for absolutely everything that you can possibly guide and be successful at here and cabin rentals, I still can't make a living here really. Yeah. Or not 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 a great one, you know. Like Well, to get everybody together again. Yeah. In the Guide and Outfitters Association, and get everybody on the same page. And I say, wish okay. both you guys could have been here to that meeting. Oh, no, me too. Yeah, I was. I was planning to be there. I was me, snipped that week. So. Me yeah, too. <laughs> me too. I had a figure skating competition. Yeah, but I mean, the energy in that place was on another level. Well, we, we've just severely undervalued ourselves. Yeah. And it took me getting out of here to realize that. Like when yeah. being, yes, we're not Alberta. I get that. But the level of clientele that was willing to come to Canada, yeah. like Canada's Man, we're new, like, we're Canada, New Brunswick. People should say that. Canada's you know? like the last frontier, yeah. you know, and we get overlooked a lot and, and we're worth, we have a lot of value here. Our game is, has a lot of value to us and, and yeah. value to other people. It's time to promote it. Yeah. And, Man, I've been across both countries, Canada and the U.S., and I mean, there's some beautiful places out there, but we've got some beautiful places here. But I'll tell you one thing that nobody has is the freaking people. Yeah. Like I could, I, I would love to live at West. And the natural me. diversity. And the diversity here, man. Like everything. Like that's what the biggest thing that we said about if we were to ever move, there's no diversity. It, like here you can, I mean, the amount of things you can see in nature here, different types of trees and different lays of land in one province yeah like you can't you don't get that anywhere else in a half day's drive you can see yeah. a lot of different stuff yeah. here from the ocean to we the could, center of the woods where there's we used to say it all no the time like we could literally shoot ducks and geese in a cornfield here in the morning and drive two and a half hours and shoot eiders yeah on the freaking ocean on the bay of fun or bay of fun yeah. yeah no it's it's an it's an amazing place and the people and the hospitality here are absolutely second to none and that's been nope. my experience no nope, no question and i think if there's something to be said about the last few years that it's tickled people's brains their primal brain to be able to realize that we are a, a tribal species and we really want to go mm. back to hey this it triggered uh, covid and everything that happened throughout the last three years 
really triggered in people, hey, we have survival instincts. Yeah, and what that goes back to is hunting, is trapping, is like at the end of the day, do you know how to survive? Yeah. Do you have survivability when it comes to things get shut down, there's no food? Can you hunt a deer? Can you hunt a bear? Yeah. Do you know how to do it safely? Do you know how to do it to be able to not make yourself sick while killing that animal and butchering that animal? And it's something that's really cool to be able to learn. Goodness, I started, what am I, I 30, 30 years old is when I got started hunting and getting into trapping. And it's been a cool experience that I look wish at, I had the last 30 years. Look right. At, look at the year you've had. Oh, my Man, goodness. You've had an incredible year. Like Lucky. Well, and it, it's been so fun. When we think about that, you're absolutely right. I mean, how dependent do you want to be? How do you feel yeah. when the power goes out? How dependent are you? How how totally fine? How self yeah. how self sufficient are you? Like, if you run out of gas, like how self sufficient mm -hmm. are you? Do you have things that that you can eat? Are you going to be okay? And then when it comes down to actual killing of game or your own farm animals or things like that i think what that really comes down to is morality like who's more moral you know the person that's not holding the axe but allows somebody else to yeah. do that or is it you that's gonna go out and, and take ownership for i want to go out and get my own meat or i'm gonna mm -hmm. raise raise my own beef from my own pork and that's exactly and, why we got into farming. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna know what I'm eating. Maybe it's not yeah. gonna be much cheaper, but I'm gonna know what I'm putting in my body and I'm gonna look after that myself. And we did that for thousands of yeah. years. Yeah. And if you don't wanna do that, that's okay. But there's a lot of us that still do. Yeah, don't shit on us just because that's the way we yeah. and it's not about the the fact that uh we're some sort of killers. Or something like that. But we are quite literally. We, yeah. we 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 are we are. But at the end of the day, I mean, you want to know what you're eating. Mm. You want to be the person that's responsible for what's on your plate. And uh, I think again, the question there comes down to: Well, that's not moral to do something like that. Okay. Well, we can farm that out to somebody yeah, else yeah. to allow them to. I'm still going to eat meat, You're but, still I'm, not gonna, meat. You but I'm not, not going to do that. Gun. And and regardless of what soapbox you want to stand on nowadays, if you step foot on this earth on a daily basis, you are responsible. You have to take accountability for the fact that you disrupt nature hmm. by living and breathing every single day yeah. no matter what you driving the roads we do no matter what you want to put in your body or how you want to navigate through the, uh, throughout this earth you have a responsibility for that mm. you're taking the lives of animals whether you're again, past present or future yep yeah. again whether you're holding the axe or not on the chopping block you are responsible and that's really why we got into agriculture to begin with. And I have a post on Instagram I posted a couple of weeks ago that really got vegans and people in that <laughs> cult really mad. But it, the reason was, was I know I've been in these slaughterhouses and I've worked with people who kill animals for a living. Yeah. And I want to know that it was done humanely, that they weren't terrified. Because what happens is they get taken from their home. 
They get taken to the slaughterhouse, which just, that's what they have to do, to a registered slaughterhouse. They get killed there. But in the meantime, they're there watching their friends disappear. It's one by one, yeah. counting them down. And if they're the last one, they're terrified. Could you imagine? Yeah. They don't have the sentience we do, but we want to know that, somebody told me once, that they when they keep animals, their animals have one bad day, if you could call it that. Yeah. My animals eat the be- my animals eat better than me. Yeah. They're treated better than me some days. Yeah. But they have one bad day when they get a bullet or they get a knife. And that's the end. But they don't even know. And it's quick. They have no well, idea. They don't even happened. know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> even their belly's probably full at that moment, that yeah. they are full and happy yeah. and they were loved right up until they are gone. And I yeah. want, and, and personally, like, I'm not going to own that with, with everything I do. I do buy some meat for sure. But a lot of it, I want to, I want to own that. Mm. Oh, that's, definitely. that's, yeah. that's on me. That's, yeah. that's how, that's how we were designed. Yeah. You know, regardless of what you believe in. There's there's a reason that some of the time we're smarter than they are, yeah. and and we can actually eat them. But again, regardless of what soapbox you want to stand on nowadays, you are not removed. If you're a vegan, if you're an anti hunter, that that's okay. If you want to feel like that, but you yeah. cannot tell me that you are not responsible. Unless some you want to go move form. to the rainforest and live naked with the monkeys. Yeah. Even still. Like, as soon as you step your foot down, yeah. you're manipulating nature in yeah. some way, shape, or form. And you are eventually going to be, um, the. you're going to have to take the responsibility or the reason that something loses its life. Or you're going to lose your own life. Yeah. No, I don't, I no don't, way around. I don't, I don't hunt, I don't eat meat, I don't farm animals, I don't agree with those things. Okay. Where do you live? Yeah. Do you think anything lost its life? To build your to, house, to build the building that you live in, yeah. or or to uh, when you were driving around in, in the car that you're in, it doesn't matter whether it's an electric car or what. I mean, we could go on about that for days. Mm-hmm. You are responsible, so you either take responsibility for it, take or ownership, try, or right, and and ownership. That's what it comes down to. Or you just try to cut down those who actually are the ones holding the axe. And again, it doesn't matter to me if uh, I, again that that post I watched that and I'm like I could get real deeply invested, <laughs> but I'm like I'm not going to change their mind and that's all right. Yeah. But don't slam my cupboards and and tell me that I'm not a moral person or yeah. that I don't have any ethics. Well, you can, I'm holding, you can't I, even talk logic with I, vegans. I'm 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 taking ownership for my part in how I disrupt nature and what I put in my body. You're not. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. Like you, all but have... you can't even talk sense with them. I that was years ago. That used to be one of my hobbies was trolling vegan Facebook groups. <laughs> you and, and your dad both. Yeah. And I mean, I even asked the question in in all legitimacy, like seriousness, not trying to belittle them, like, can I eat eggs? Can I eat roadkill? What if a car hits a friggin' deer? Can I go eat that deer? Yeah. And some of them argued no. Like they're just insane, and then some of them are all, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. That's, if that's, you wanna... the, that's the. And thing. I can under I can understand the bleeding heart aspect of it. Like from a care point of view, if you love animals to the point where you cannot imagine one getting hurt or dying, like okay, remove yourself. Yeah. But that can't affect everybody around you. Yeah. Especially biologically. I mean, I know a lot of people who were um, Nicole, my wife, uh, was vegan for ten years. <laughs> not for a not for a, a moral standpoint, but just from a health 
point of view. Yeah. And she noticed the last five years of her being vegan, her health started to decline. Right. She was like, what can I do? She started reintroducing eggs and chicken. And then finally, now, goodness, she went out shooting with us last year. Yeah. And so now it's to a point where she's completely back on meat and she feels so much better. And some people just cannot thrive on uh, plants alone. It just yeah. does not Our work that way. Our bodies are not designed. Yeah that way i mean yep. yeah i and like i just watched a thing on netflix about that and i was like man you know d- depending on how you took this documentary they would really make you feel bad about eating meat but again uh when you talk about taking an animal's life and how it makes you feel it's a strange thing to try and explain to somebody how you could love and respect the creatures that we're after mm-hmm. but also Pull the proverbial trigger. Yeah, kill you know them. what I mean. Kill them and eat them. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that we hate those things. No. It doesn't mean that we don't have empathy for those things because we do. But you have to. You, and and that's always been a disconnect that I I haven't really heard anybody explain it well yet. If 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 you know you know. If if you're not involved, it's tough to explain in any way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. Yeah. Whether that's homesteading and animals that you raise and that you're around and that are uh, a staple on the farm. You, you know why they're there. It doesn't mean that you don't care for those animals. You love those animals, like you said, Ben. I mean, yeah. you, th- those animals get the be- the absolute best of care, you know. Yeah. And and not because it's like, oh, well, you know, we yeah, I get procure the these, this animal for the meat and, you know, we give them a good life because of. No, I mean, we generally want them or genuinely want them to have good care. Mm-hmm. But most at the end, hunter, Well, sorry, most hunters that I know love animals. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You have that empathy, but there, there definitely is... You know, and I just chalk it up to it's just it doesn't matter what you believe, but it's opening your mind for me. It's divine design. It's just the way that we we were designed to have empathy, but we were also designed to kill and eat. That is Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, that is it. A a prime example of that for me with regards to agriculture was the way that we keep our rabbits. I felt terrible keeping them in cages. So I constantly was trying to get them out on grass. And then I noticed that either a they would get out or something would get in. And if something gets in, it's going to kill my entire population. So now I keep them in cages for their sake. So I can keep them alive, happy, and healthy. And it may look, especially this time of year, kind of nasty where they live, but it's how I keep them alive. It's how I keep them safe. Yeah. Otherwise, nature is not the so The circle forgiving. of life's going to get Yeah, them. exactly. Na- na- nature is uh, is absolutely brutal. Yeah. yeah. And again, doesn't matter what you believe in. I'll tell you, something, if, you if you've seen a video of us, something, yep. something designed nature. Get on that nature is metal page. If you've seen a coyote Instagram. rip a fawn out of a deer, <laughs> no deer her belly, that it's, like it's, nature has no boundaries. No. They do not the, have feelings There's like no f- people there's think they have. No feelings or empathy no, that way. No. None. So We'll gladly eat you alive from the back yeah, forward. They will. Yep. 100%. It's brutal. Well, that's just sad. Yeah. Well, let's end it on that now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, good anyway, podcast. Thanks good for thanks for coming, Ben. It's yeah. good to have you on. Got to got to get on here more. Hoping to, even if it's a phone call, we can do that. Yeah, from my we, office. We can yeah. Get a call in. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Love to have nice. you on. They yeah. don't always have. To. We've been podcasting for a while now, but yeah, I'd we like to have get... uh, talks too about what's going on in the future. Yeah, Ooh. for sure. We'll save that for another one. We'll be producing some stuff. I need to... What I want to do, what my next step is, is to put together for people who haven't seen Northeast Untamed, my learning experience of how to hunt this year. If you haven't seen it yet, um, I want people to be able to see it as a 
big documentary. I want to that put it together. That would be really cool, yeah. Uh, so if I can put it together as a longer series to be able to cut out some of the long-winded parts and be able to cut it together as a 60-minute film and put it out there for people, because I know a lot of people either don't have Wild TV or haven't been able to watch it, so to get it out there will be great. Uh, and hopefully that'll be in the next month or so. And that then, sounds like a freaking Netflix or History Channel well, it's, it's exciting because there, there's more stuff that we're working on and going to be working on to be able to put out more content. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may see Matt and Wes putting out more stuff on their personal channels because we want to yeah. really show off this way of life. And like Mike was saying, that it's important for us to be all united to yeah. be able to promote this. And it's not something we're in for ourselves. It's to be able to promote the sport, a sport that not a lot of people respect as much as they should. And it's something that I'm growing to love and learn mm-hmm. and figure out uh everything from ice fishing to waterfowl and big game hunting sitting in a blind for hours and hours and (laughs) hours how'd you like the deer hunting it was fun uh when i got the deer i was uh, there's a behind the scenes story that we'll have to talk about sometime but i was sick before that and i could not breathe because you had to be quiet and i of course (laughs) had the sniffles and uh yeah the whole time i was just (laughs) trying not to but just imagine so you did one day yeah, I there couldn't are imagine. guys like no. Matt's brother and Jason McLean that do a that week. for a whole friggin' season for a month. No, to squeeze the trigger once. Nope. Like deer hunting so. And they're not sitting <laughs> in a nice big blind with a comfortable chair. Oh yeah, they're sitting in a tree stand or yeah. whatever. Like, it is so not for me. But yeah, that's a whole. Those other guys story. just have a a real passion for that. And if in when you talk to guys like Scott and Jason, they they're consistently successful every year. Like they no, just. No, and, and, and yeah, in an area where they're, they're, they shouldn't be, but they are, you know. Yeah, but man, the amount of time they got to put in. And yeah, it's a way of life in. for them, oh, like yeah. like uh, waterfowl and upland is for you and I, like that. that's their that's their jam. It just takes a different type of personality. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but I know being a hyperactive person, like it is not for me. No. Man, when I started waterfowl hunting, I was just like, holy holy shit that's definitely where's this been all my life (laughs) like that was the key and same with upland hunting man i love hunting with my dogs it's my priority and and just the action man i want to move i want to see things and do things and shoot my gun and i don't care if it's a friggin' woodcock or whatever right like it's as much fun to me or more than sitting for a month to shoot a deer anyway but yes there will be more content coming yep. soon uh to a channel streaming service something near yep. you yes lots of things in the work sounds good keep an eye out 